This show is proudly sponsored by Coinspot.com.au, with the largest range of cryptocurrencies anywhere in the Australian market. With an updated verification process, you can now be verified using only your driver's license or passport within seconds. You can instantly deposit funds and instantly start buying and selling your favorite cryptocurrencies in under five minutes. Coinspot are giving away $10 worth of free Bitcoin for each verified user once they make their first deposit. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. The Trader Cobb Crypto Show, talking business in blockchain. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Show. Today's guest is straight out of the States. He's uh, here to speak with us about Bitcoin SV and some mining related topics as well. I've got Jimmy Wynn, who is the president of the Bitcoin Association. I'm really happy to have you on the show. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks. I'm happy to be talking with you. Yeah, look, it's going to be fun. Got a lot of questions, but I want to start off by just giving the listeners and viewers a little bit of an understanding of your background. What brought you into this space, what you've been doing in the past and, and really why you're here, I suppose. Sure. I was an IP and digital technology lawyer in the United States for about 21 years and a partner of these big major corporate law firms. I lived a very institutional life. I represented a lot of the biggest you know, multinational corporates from like Amazon and Microsoft to the major movie studios across a whole variety of technologies. And I grew up kind of in the internet era when the internet was first booming in the 1990s. And after a couple of decades of doing that, it was a great career. But, you know, I started wanting to be involved in creating something um, uh, myself and building a whole new industry. And I had some clients in the fintech space. They had looked at virtual currency and Bitcoin. Um, and so I was following the you know, emergence of Bitcoin. And uh, some of my clients were involved in creating what is now Enchain, uh, which is the blockchain research and development business out of London, best known for our chief scientist, Dr. Craig Wright, who is one of the most well-known people in Bitcoin, as you know. And um, there was an opportunity for me to take a role with them. So I decided after a couple of decades of being on the sidelines of technology as the lawyer, I decided to jump in and help um, really commit to the growth and development of Bitcoin, particularly as you know, Dr. Wright, Craig envisions it in its pure you know, original form as, a, as expressed in the Satoshi White Paper. Okay. Um, so when did you, like, what year did you get involved in this space? Like when, what kicked it off for you? Sure. As I mentioned, as a lawyer, I had been involved in the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency space, you know, for a number of years before I left legal practice um, and uh, worked with a number of clients that on IP and fintech and regulatory uh, matters related to Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. And then I left a law firm partnership life in 2000 and uh, I guess I made the decision 2016. So about three years ago. And then I took a little bit of transition out. So I started working more with the Enchain business in 2016. Um, and then it emerged publicly in 2017. And originally I took a, an executive role to help deal with its growing IP uh, portfolio. It has one of the largest blockchain patent portfolios in the, in the world. Uh, and then eventually took on other roles and I got appointed to be CEO um, uh, about a year and a half ago, but recently moved to a new role as chair of its strategic advisory board so that I could focus more of my efforts on the Bitcoin Association. Uh, now that Bitcoin SV has emerged, which we'll talk about, um, I'm focusing more of my time on building the global infrastructure and ecosystem for Bitcoin SV, while some other executives run the day-to-day -day at Enchain. Okay, so um, 
you've been around for a while. And did you, when, when you first entered, did you enter in as an investor as well as a creator or was it purely just getting in there and doing the work? Well, I definitely did invest in Bitcoin once uh, I, um, uh, you know, definitely when I was entering in the space, because if you're going to work in the space, right, and work with a business and enterprise that is committed to growing Bitcoin, not just as a cryptocurrency, but as a technology platform, you know, I feel like you need some skin in the game, right? To, um, and also it was important for me to uh, work with, deal with Bitcoin right? Uh, work with wallets, see how exchanges work, right? It's very difficult to be a credible advocate for Bitcoin if you're not using it yourself and seeing what the yeah. user and business experience is. So I definitely invested uh, in, in Bitcoin. Uh, and then obviously I took a lead role in helping um, build Enchain as well as the Bitcoin ecosystem. Okay. So let's get into the Bitcoin uh, Satoshi's vision conversation, a chunk of conversation we're going to cover here. Um, look, I'm fascinated by this because there was obviously a humongous amount of uh, interest, talk, you know, throwing things back and forward, arguments. It, it, it was quite wild. Now, what it did, it really did wake the world up to what was Bitcoin SV. For many people, you know, if you, if you look at, and I'm going to ask you some questions about the marketing behind this because it might have just been a genius play. And I want to ask you about that. But why is Bitcoin SV going to be the master Bitcoin or the Bitcoin that we use? And, and what duration of time are you giving it to achieve that? Because you've got Bitcoin. Everyone knows Bitcoin now. It's, it's the first mover advantage. So how are you going to do that? Why are you going to do that? And over what period of time are you seeing it happen? Right. So to understand all that, we have to look back at the whole history of Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin is now about 10 years old. Yeah. Uh, it emerged the world 10 years ago. And for the first period of years, you know, Satoshi Nakamoto was around behind the scenes on, you know, online message boards, you know, communicating about it. And at a certain point, he left the project. Um, it got left in the hands of the Bitcoin core development group. And uh, through various reasons, which, you know, people debate about, including the emergence of Blockstream, um, the Bitcoin core development group did not follow what many of us believe is the true path of Bitcoin, which is to massively scale on chain, uh, meaning the block should not just be one megabyte in size, but get bigger and bigger so you can process more transactions on chain and have a true electronic peer-to-peer -peer cash system. Instead, Bitcoin Core locked down the block size to one megabyte, which is very small. And Blockstream pursued an alternate solution, which is the Lightning Network, a layer two solution where uh, payment transactions happen off of the chain and get periodically settled onto the blockchain. That's not what is the Satoshi vision for Bitcoin. It's not what's described in the white paper. It's not what's described mm -hmm. in early Satoshi writings. So it wasn't just us. There was a huge divide in the Bitcoin community, as you probably saw over the years, over this battle. Do we go big blocks or stay small blocks? Right? And that led to the emergence in 2017 of Bitcoin Cash, because the Bitcoin Core developers were going to introduce not just keeping the block small, but they introduced this other change called segregated witness, which we believe fundamentally changed what Bitcoin is by cutting off the digital signatures, which are important to the security of Bitcoin. Um, in order to make sure a ver the original Bitcoin protocol survived, um, some forces created Bitcoin Cash, um, and they forked off in August 2017, creating Bitcoin Cash. Uh, we decided to support that at the time because it was born with the vision of saying, hey, we need to get much bigger blocks, right, and, and scale on chain. So it birthed going to 32 megabytes while Bitcoin Core stayed at one megabyte. 
And so for a good well over a year, we worked with the Bitcoin Cash development groups. Um, Enchain invested in Bitcoin Cash Ventures. We were one of the main backers of Bitcoin Cash, along with our partners, uh, Calvin Ayer and his organization, CoinGeek. So we were huge supporters of Bitcoin Cash until it became clear to us last year that the lead development group for Bitcoin Cash, which is Bitcoin ABC, wanted to again make significant changes to the Bitcoin protocol. And that's what this whole disagreement and fight and the hash war was all about. It wasn't just about one technical change here or there, it was we already went through years where Bitcoin did not grow as much as it could have because some developers veered away from the original Bitcoin protocol. They didn't increase the block size. They restricted various features in the Bitcoin code. And then we saw it happening a second time with Bitcoin Cash, where Bitcoin ABC wanted to change the transaction ordering. They wanted to add an opcode that wasn't part of the original Satoshi protocol and do lots of things going in the future, such as now moving to more towards a proof of stake pre-consensus model than proof of work. And then we had to make a decision. Do we let this happen? In which case, the original Bitcoin protocol forever ends. If they fork off and introduce these changes, the Bitcoin protocol that was envisioned for the world doesn't exist anymore. Or do we take a stand and fight? And we decided to create a competing implementation that originally was to compete over Bitcoin Cash called Bitcoin Satoshi Vision that we named expressly because we decided it was important to communicate to the world, someone's got to stand up for what is the original Satoshi design and protocol. And lock it down. Enough of these developers just experimenting with the original Bitcoin. Let it grow into what it was destined to be. Um, and that is what birthed the genesis of the fight. I wish, you know, it, it's unfortunate that it had to happen. Um, it led to eventually Bitcoin SV emerging as a separate chain and token. And so now there are three main Bitcoin variants, which I know is confusing to the public. So you have Bitcoin Core, BTC, you have Bitcoin Cash, BCH, and now Bitcoin SV, BSV. Um, why we think it represents the uh, original Bitcoin is because it does. We are the only chain now, the only project that adamantly adheres to the original Satoshi Protocol. Our mission statement is very clear, restore the original Bitcoin protocol and lock it down, keep it stable. Just like the internet protocol does not change very much and that's what allows businesses to build reliably websites and applications and mobile apps on it. We don't want a protocol that's changing every six months because some developer says, oh, I want to change the proof of work algorithm to something more like proof of stake. I want to change the transaction ordering. That's horrible for business growth. Nobody can reliably build upon that. And Bitcoin Core is not scaling big enough, right? They, they're stuck at one, they're not only stuck at one megabyte block size, there's talk on the message forums and online about reducing the block size to 300 kilobytes. Mm. So going to 30% of one megabyte because they're dependent all on the Lightning Network. So our vision is original Satoshi protocol. Keep it stable so that no one's having these fights in the future about what goes in technically or not. Wouldn't that be nice if there was just a stable protocol, everyone comes and builds applications on top of it. So you can do whatever you want on top of the base protocol and then pursue a path towards huge block massive scaling. So Bitcoin SV got birthed with a block size of a maximum 128 megabytes, much larger than Bitcoin Core one megabyte and much larger than Bitcoin Cash 32 megabytes. We're moving uh, later this summer to an upgrade to go to 512 megabytes and by the end of the year, early next year, to one to two gigabytes. And the reason this is important is because it's in critical for the security and profitability of the network going forward, especially for miners. 
Satoshi always envisioned that as, as you know with the Bitcoin system, miners get a block reward of right now 12.5 Bitcoin uh, every 10 minutes, right? We're, we're hitting a block. Every few years that cuts in half. It's mm. going to cut in half again next year to 6.25 coins and then cut in half again to three, um, uh, you know, to about three coins. And that means for mining to stay profitable, to secure the network and provide the computing power, miners have to start making up the lost block reward value in something else. And that has to be higher volumes of the individual transaction fees that you get by um, processing a transaction into the blockchain. And that means the blocks need to get really big to fit huge volumes of transactions because you want to keep the fees very low so people will use it. And that means you have to be able to fit transactions, not just of payments, but things like tokens and smart contracts and um, data transactions. And we envision Bitcoin to be not just a currency, a payment system, but the data ledger of the future where you can record and process all kinds of data transactions. And that's why we want to get to one day terabyte size blocks and a world where you're doing like not just 7,000 transactions a second, but millions and millions of transactions a second on this network. That's what I think will really power global electronic peer-to-peer -peer cash and make Bitcoin what it was always birthed to be, not just a payment system, but the commodity data ledger of the future that all businesses will build on. And I suppose the timeline depends, right? I mean, you can't say in five years, it'll, it'll depend on how that, whole whole that, how that whole system plays out and how many people get involved. Now, I do have a question around the, uh, the look, I'm just going to say it up front. It was childish. It was immature. It was unprofessional. And it wasn't very good for the space at all. Um, you know, you've basically, uh, not you, but Bitcoin SV has effectively taken two steps back to maybe move 10 steps forward by going off what you said. I understand that. Now, whether or not it needed to happen or not, um, I would have loved to have seen it play out in a much less nasty way because when we need more people to come in, when we need there to be more certainty, you've got people slinging insults at each other and saying nasty things. And to the outside world, they look at that and go, we don't see JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs having these big external fights very publicly. If they're going to have them, they have them internally. So I really wasn't a fan of how that all played out. Now, the question is this, was this a masterful stroke of marketing, guerrilla marketing to make sure that everybody knew what Bitcoin SV was and what it was doing to therefore mean that there was enough demand you could get across all the exchanges you needed to very, very quickly because you did. Bitcoin SV got across all the exchanges very, very fast. And if it was played out like that, then that is a masterstroke. Ugly, but you got what you needed. Is that what it was all about? No, it definitely wasn't a, an intentional effort to do guerrilla marketing. Um, but I will say that while it worked, it, here's what happened um, in, in ways that I think ended up making um, – people understand what Bitcoin really is. While we were, before the hash war, when we would take our positions with the developer groups, there was this infamous Bangkok summit, you know, um, where the you know, developer groups and miners got together to talk about this. We would say our whole problem was our allied groups maintain a significant amount of the B BCH, Bitcoin cash hash, mining hash at that time. We had like 40 to 45% collectively. And mm -hmm. we would say, we don't want these changes to the protocol that Bitcoin ABC is making yet they're saying we're going to go ahead with them anyway. And so no one was listening to us when we were saying we don't want changes to the protocol. We want the original Bitcoin. 
Um, the hash whore is unfortunate, but the events that happened in the hash whore, especially Bitcoin ADCs, I think, paranoia and what they thought we were going to do during the hash whore to attack their chain, led them to make significant you know, uh, changes to the protocol without other groups even knowing, and I think really revealed to the world their true intentions. And so I guess what I would say is, uh, this was not an effort at guerrilla marketing, but once the hash war was, it was clear it was going to happen, um, certainly I probably let more people take more aggressive stances than they probably otherwise would have if, if, if I had something to do about it, but it actually led to the actions which led a lot of the development community to see that we were right because they saw Bitcoin ABC reveal for what they are, which is, oh, wow, they are willing to make any changes to the protocol. And that's fine. They can do whatever they want. But then just don't call it Bitcoin anymore. It's not Bitcoin anymore. So sometimes dramatic events have to happen to get people to focus and really think for themselves, oh, what really is Bitcoin? Which of these projects best represents Bitcoin? And we've seen a huge amount of the developer community including some of the most respected ones, like this mysterious developer, Unwriter, who's one of cranking out stuff daily, all on Bitcoin SV, because he wrote this very powerful blog post in December, last December, saying, I saw what happened in the hash war, and Bitcoin ABC and Bitcoin Cash have basically veered away from Bitcoin, and I'm doing all my development going forward on Bitcoin SV, because it is the real Bitcoin. So I, I you know, I'm one of these people who wants everyone to be happy, right? Yeah. I, I'm the... Oh, I'm the Bitcoin Oprah of, of our world. <laughs> you know, Craig, I know, can be, you know, very, uh, you know, aggressive. But it doesn't mean he's wrong. The problem is sometimes people don't listen. And mm. it all it took what was uh, a dramatic series of events for people to actually listen. Well, look, it might have been two steps backwards, 10 steps forwards. We'll have to wait and see with time. So the Bitcoin SV saga, it was definitely a very interesting one. It, uh, it basically consumed the market. And, um, you know, we all know the result of that. And it's still, it's still I unfolding. I actually disagree with that because the market was already trending down before mm. the hash war. It was, that was pretty clear. I think certainly what happened during the hash war, especially the Bitcoin ABC sites, move of huge amounts of hash from the BTC network over to fight the hash war because they used a lot of rented hash from, you know, the BTC side. That certainly, I think, precipitated. Um, mm. some more dropping in the price. And because so many of the other altcoins are pegged to BTC, yeah. once the BTC price went down with all that hash moving, um, it precipitated this you know, cascading domino effect on other coins. When certainly I knew and was prepared for the fact that Bitcoin Cash's price would take a hit during the hash war. It was interesting to see how all the other coins did. It was not because of anything we did directly. It was the move of huge amounts of hash from BTC and that just kind of led to this domino. Yeah, well, look, I wasn't so concerned about the price, just more about the, the way it appeared to external mm -hmm. sources. Um, the price, look, the price is going to do what it's going to do. We're still a very young, very emerging market that, that's still finding its feet. Um, you know, there's a lot of products that need to be created to create a financial um, ecosystem that can really flourish and work and have the ability to bring in the bigger money, bring in more people and, and bring that clarity and an actual use case. The price, eh, it's going to do what it's going to do, right? I'm, I'm, I'm not so glad much you say that because I, something I emphasize, which is, you know, everyone talks about price with cryptocurrency. Mm. We don't really spend much time focusing on what the Bitcoin SV price is or any of the other coins price. Right now we know it's critical to build real usage. Right? Yeah. And only something's only going to have long-term value if it's really used at a mass scale, which is why we're focused on this big scaling, big enterprise level usage. We want BSV to be the global enterprise blockchain. 
Yep. Um, and it is time for Bitcoin to grow up. And that's the message I put out. I come from a very corporate institutional law and compliance background. We want a world where the biggest enterprises, the biggest banks, the biggest investors in the world uh, believe that you know, Bitcoin, the form of BSV, is the place not just to build, but to invest. And so I take that um, responsibility very seriously. I know it's one of the roles I play in the ecosystem. Um, it's one of the you know, lead voices for Bitcoin SV around the world. That's why we are out. I'm out personally talking to a lot of big companies, investors. We're involved in reviewing legislation and regulation from different countries because we want to encourage, you know, not over-regulation, but a responsibly regulated landscape because I think any adult in the room, as opposed to the crypto anarchists, I would say, will know that Bitcoin will grow and be used much more if institutions and the normal person feel comfortable with it. And that's going to require regulatory landscapes where yes. cryptocurrency is regulated responsibly. Just, you know, and that shouldn't surprise anyone. No, I, I'm, I'm completely with you on that. And it's good to hear a bit of more of a level head, uh, I suppose, behind BSV. Uh, I think it's, it, it's really good to understand a little bit more about the the, the origins, the reasoning that's um, pretty much been out there, but also just a bit more in-depth understanding as to what you guys are all working towards. Um, let the nastiness play its part, roll away, go away. Let's just continue on focusing on building a, an ecosystem that is going to allow more people to be involved and actually use this project. Exactly. Yeah, and that's why I don't personally engage in a lot of the... Um you know, online negative rhetoric. I, for try to keep, I, I try to keep my head above it all and say, you know, and I tell that to our team, you know, at Enchain working on the BSV node, you know, software, like guys, we got to build, we got to prove we were right to take the stand we did. And that's what I, you know, I'm focused on. And I know there's a lot of people out there that like to engage in the battle still. And I don't, I don't find it productive. I think it's time for Bitcoin um, to grow up and professionalize. Yeah, exactly. Look, last thing I want to touch on before we wrap up is you were involved in the mining space as well. Now, we've talked a little bit about the hash rate and all that sort of stuff, bits and pieces. What is your involvement in mining and, and, and why is it so important to you and what you're doing? Sure. So, um, Enchain has its own mining operation called BMG. So, if you look on the mining pie charts, um, you'll see uh, uh, part of the Enchain group. Its um, mining group is called BMG. So, Enchain mines, obviously, it uh, mines Bitcoin SV and is a key supporter of it. Our allied partners, CoinGeek, also mine. So, I don't actually run the day to day of, of the mining operation with other people that do that, but I certainly pay attention to it. Um, I'm also uh, an advisor to Squire Mining, which is a uh, Canadian public company that has shifted to creating uh, mining hardware. So it's working on a next generation ASIC mining rig um, yep. to get into the mining space. How this all relates is that we believe Bitcoin SV is the only project that wants to scale massively to ensure huge blocks, huge transaction volume, to pay more fees to miners over the years. And that'll be critical to keep mining profitable. Because if you move all the transactions off of the chain and keep the block small, as the block reward keeps cutting in half every few years, eventually miners are not going to make enough money mm. from the block reward to stay profitable. So the fact that we are involved in a uh, plan to massively scale is critical, not just because we think that's the work cool. I mean, it is cool, but it's because we recognize the economics of Bitcoin um, require that. And Satoshi in some of the early writings predicted that as the block reward gets smaller, miners are going to have to make up the money through huge volumes of transaction fees. 
Um, so that's why we believe in it from the mining perspective, and so why Enchain has a mining group. Um, it's why I also have a hand in advising you know, a company with respect to next generation mining rigs, um, because it's all an interrelated ecosystem. And that's the key about Bitcoin people have to understand with Satoshi's magic wasn't necessarily a technological crazy genius to it. It was the economic incentives that were carefully constructed into Bitcoin's model that is its true genius. We don't want to disrupt that. Whereas we feel some of these other Bitcoin projects like Bitcoin Core, BTC, and Bitcoin Cash are making changes that disrupt the economics of the genius model. And we're saying, why would you do that? It's, uh, we need to protect that. Um, and that's critical for ensuring minor profitability. So it all ties in together and that makes perfect sense. You're looking at the usability, you're looking at the scalability and you're looking at the way it can be sustained through the mining. And I think that makes perfect sense. And I mean, it's been an absolute pleasure having a chat with you today. And before I go, I, I'd just like to also say, I mean, we haven't got the time to really go into this in detail, how great it is to have you uh, talking about the LGBT rights and whatnot. I think it's, it's a fantastic job you're doing. It's something I stand for and believe in as well. And I just wanted to say well done and thank you. Uh, thank for doing you. Such a thing. It's a really thank you. I'm glad you noticed that. Can I do one quick plug for uh, sure. an upcoming event? So I host and organize an MC the Coin Geek series of conferences. Uh, we have our next one coming up in May in Toronto, Canada. For anyone interested in learning more about Bitcoin SV and our plans for massively scale blockchain, all the leaders of the BSV community will be there. Uh, it's May 29th and 30th uh, at the Carlo in Toronto, so it'll be really exciting. Um, and one of the things we are trying to encourage is inclusiveness. You know, yes. LGBT or minority, minority status as a racial minority in the U.S. It's something I've always understood and lived with my whole life. So I want everything we do in BSV and CoinGeek conferences and just everything all of us do in life to include other people. Yeah. So whether you support BSV or other blockchain projects or not, uh, we invite everyone to come and just learn what we're doing. Um, and I think that's an important attitude i wish more of the crypto world would take as well i'm with you 120 percent with that mate i'm saying we push a lot to do with uh, trying to help uh, and empower and bring more women into the space in the same Absolutely. right because we've only got percent. you know it's a real small community we need to grow that so again uh, thank you so much for the work that you do in that space across bsv but also in the lgbt as well uh, great work uh, really really passionate about that so thank you again and uh, where can people find out more about you on twitter and whatnot like you want to tell us a little bit more about where we can find you uh, sure you can follow me on twitter at jimmy win media the word win w-i-n because you know like my last name win life I say it's my life motto. It's a win. So uh, uh, follow me on Twitter, Jimmy Win Media. Excellent. Well, Jimmy, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for your time. I look forward to speaking to you in the future and good luck with everything you're doing. Good luck in the, with the conference. I'm sure you'll knock it out of the park and uh, keep smiling and being happy, mate. Thanks for your time. Thank you. I will. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen. Have a fantastic day. Bye for now. The Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast is hosted by Craig Cobb. All Trader Cobb courses, products, and tools can be found at tradercobb.com because experience matters. This show is proudly sponsored by coinspot.com.au with the largest range of cryptocurrencies anywhere in the Australian market. With an updated verification process, you can now be verified using only your driver's license or passport within seconds. You can instantly deposit funds and instantly start buying and selling your favorite cryptocurrencies in under five minutes. 
Coinspot are giving away $10 worth of free Bitcoin for each verified user once they make their first deposit. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. Views are of the advertiser, not TraderCobb or the audio presenter.